0: Hello, and welcome to You Just Got Homeschooled with RJ. Today, I want to go over some facts that I found about homeschooling. Um, I've been some in some way, shape, or form involved in the education, field of education, for over 10 years. And I've worked as a private tutor. I've worked as a classroom teacher in both you know college prep schools and uh, underperforming schools. And now I'm working in the homeschool space. And it was really when I got here that I found out that I actually really enjoy it. And I think it's probably the best system uh, to go through, the best way to educate, kind of without exception. I mean, there are some students who really do thrive in a classroom environment, but I think they're the exception rather than the rule. And so I just want to give you some information that I found. Um, This stuff was written by or compiled by Brian D. Ray, who's a PhD, Dr. Brian D. Ray, Um, and the paper that he wrote, which is called Research Facts on Homeschooling, uh, came out January 7th of 2019, which is this year. And I found this particular piece on uh, the website for the National Home Education Research Institute, which can be found at www.nheri.org. So let's start at the top. Um, there are over 2.3 million homeschool students in the United States as of 2016. Now, that's you know grades K-12, and that's up about 0.3 million from the year 2010. And my guess is since then, it's gone up even further because I know, for example, um, the homeschool movement in California has grown significantly. And seeing as it's the most populous state Um, it would make sense that if it's growing here, it would grow uh, nationally, or at least the numbers would bump up pretty significantly. I mean, for example, when they last did this survey, or at least the one that it's citing here, I hadn't started homeschooling my own family, and now I have two kids enrolled. Um, And I have, you know, multiple friends or, you know, people that I know who have started in the last two to three years. So, um, he also goes on to define that homeschooling is a parent-led, home-based education. So, and that also that it's it's age-old. Like if you think about, well, the rest of the world even today, but um, back in time, very, very, very few people received any form of formal education, and those that did, we would actually probably classify to some degree as homeschoolers. Because um, if you think back to you know even medieval times, unless you were royalty or high up in you know like a merchant class or something like that, you may not receive any education at all, but if you did, it was most likely either from your parents or from tutors your parents hired um really the the education system that we have today historically is um kind of founded on a on the what the Puritans did, which even then was not really a a state-sponsored education system, but more of a uh, church or community-organized education system that just kind of collectivized what they were doing so that everyone could be a little bit more efficient. And so um, throughout history, it wasn't until we hit the industrial age in the United States and started that process of needing workers to work in factories that we started to mandate public education in the way that we have it now. I mean, if you think back to Little House on the Prairie, you know, the TV show, You have all the grades in a one-room schoolhouse with one teacher trying to deal with, what, 10, 15 kids in most cases. And it was really only in industrial cities that you had classrooms that were single grade and, you know, the kind of the creation of a scientific, quote unquote, instead of it being art of teaching, the science of teaching, kind of growing up and there being tests and assessments and those like that, things like that, that went beyond the basic, like, do you spell things correctly? But even that concept is relatively new because, I mean, up until basically Webster published his dictionary, there was no common, there was no correct spelling of a word. There was only common spellings of words. And um, if your last name is English, the chances are that there were several different spellings of that if you go back far enough. I know that that's the case for my last name. Uh, And, you know, initially, or I should say now, uh, homeschooling is seen as a kind of or was seen as more of an alternative Um, or when it when you did, it was kind of like, why are you pulling kids out? You have lots of uh, kind of preconceived notions that people have about homeschoolers, like, oh, they're odd or they're unsocialized or they're doing it for some sort of radical reason. Um, I don't want my kid to fill in the blank. And that's not to say that those don't exist, but they also exist in a regular school. You just don't hear about it more um, or as often because, I mean, it's not something that makes the news very often or they're not allowed to. And now it's becoming increasingly mainstream. Um and it's not just the United States that you see this demographic or this homeschool movement growing. It's also growing worldwide. So, um, for example, nations like Australia, Canada, France, Hungary, Japan, Kenya, Russia, Mexico, South Korea, Thailand, and the United Kingdom are all seeing a rise in the homeschool movement for a variety of reasons. Um, it also demographically is very diverse. It includes atheists, Christians, Mormons, uh, conservatives, liberals. Uh, libertarians, low, middle, high income families, blacks, Hispanics, whites, um, anyone from parents who have PhDs to parents who never graduated high school and or have GEDs, things like that. Um, In fact, this statistic, which he has cited here, he has like a cited source for it, says that one study showed that 32 percent of homeschool students are black, Asian, Hispanic or others, right, meaning non-white or non-Hispanic. And so I think it's interesting because what I have often heard from the general media and and just from the powers that kind of be that speak into this thing, that that homeschool is really the domain of uh, maybe conservative Christians that are afraid of the world. Um, And so you get a bunch of, you know, braces wearing white kids who aren't allowed out of their house. And at least that's the depiction that I've often had, or that kind of the one that people, the stereotype that people have, um, but that's not what the statistics show at all. Um, The other thing that is interesting is that generally, homeschoolers are not, you know, the home-based educations are not dependent on public or tax-funded resources for their children's education. Now, there are some exceptions to that. I know that California has some charter schools that fill that space. Um, you know, and provide some of the money that they would receive from the state to the families in order to um, allow the families to purchase um, approved materials uh, to help with their homeschooling. But the the majority of the work that's done, the the majority of the education that's done, is done by the families and in the home. Um, the Basically, that represents roughly $27 billion that are not being paid out or not being paid by taxpayers into the education system for those students. Those students are now kind of operating outside of that system, which also means that homeschoolers um, generally provide or allow for more tax money to go into the public education system and allow for uh, those like the budget can include more money per student than it would if these students were actually enrolled in school in a regular school. Um, currently, taxpayers spend about eleven thousand seven hundred and thirty-two dollars per pu- per pupil, so per per student annually in a public school, and that's not including capital expenditures. Um, and most taxpayers, or generally taxpayers, don't spend anything on homeschool students or their families, and instead, the average homeschool family spends about $600 per student annually on their education. So it makes you wonder, like in all honesty, it makes you wonder, how is it that a homeschool family can, can provide a quality education for roughly $600 per student per year and the public school system sees continually or generally continually falling scores at close to $12,000 a year per student? Now, granted, there's buildings and facilities and stuff like that, but there's also highly educated teachers, there's payrollers, things like that. And yet there's not good evidence to support the fact that, um, and I'm going to get to that in a second, that public school kids score better. Uh, And another stat that he has here is that homeschooling is actually quickly growing amongst minority populations. And I think that's important to note uh, again for the same reasons that that what is often said about homeschoolers I don't think is fair um it's not one group it's a variety of groups what it really is i mean the the one unifying factor is is that you have parents and families saying i want to have control over what my kid learns and how my kid learns and i want them to learn what's important to us to our family to our culture um and not have their head filled with someone else's agenda. Now, I mean that has could could possibly have its detriments, but in all reality, who's making decisions for your kids? Like if you if you didn't listen to that episode, please go back and listen to the one, the episode that I did about who cares about your kids because I talk a lot about that kind of stuff. And it's simply that you care about your kids more than anyone else does because they're your kids. And when a bureaucrat who, you know, may not have kids or may not have kids in your age range or may not have had kids in a public school system or ever or in the last, you know, decade or two or three or five is making decisions, they're making decisions about policies that are going to affect your kids, whether it's what is taught in science, what is taught in sex ed, how math is taught you know, whether what kind of things are taught and to what degree, whether or not they learn practical life skills or not. And I think in that episode, I mentioned the fact that one of my local high schools, in fact, the high school I attended, when it was built, a local car dealership offered to provide the vehicles, provide the instructors, um, and and like just support an entire auto shop. And the school district said no, because they were opting for the college track rather than the The career track, even though I live in a place that doesn't have high graduation rates, um, doesn't have good scores, most of the people here don't go to college and haven't been to college, and you have some people that are generations that have never been to college, and yet you have policymakers making those decisions for families and, and what even your kid has access to simply because they think that's what's best for them. And it blows my mind because I went through that school system And my options were severely limited by uh, what was even made available to me because of some policymaker who I don't know. And um, they just limited my options across the board. And then the last thing he has on the first section here is that an estimated 3.4 million or more U.S. adults have been homeschooled for at least one year of their K-12 years. And And they were homeschooled on average from six to eight years. If one adds to this number, the 2.3 million being homeschooled today, the estimated 5.7 million Americans have experienced being homeschooled. I know that I did. Um, it was uh, for a really short time. I think it was like three months. Um, we had moved across the country. Um, I spent three months in the public school there and I wasn't faring so well, mostly for social reasons. Um, I moved from California to North Carolina and it's not that I didn't have friends or that I didn't really click. It was just, I wasn't happy there. And so my mom pulled me out in homeschooling. And homeschooled me, and it was okay. Like I, I remember it fondly, and not for the reasons that you would think. It wasn't because I got to slack on my work, but it was because I got to learn other things. And so I found that really um, enriching. And so, and 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 now that I'm an adult and I'm homeschooling my own kids, I wish I had that opportunity because then I could take more agency and really learn what I wanted to. So the reasons that people typically homeschool and the motivations. Um, are varied, but a lot of them have to do with customization and individualization of curriculum and the learning environment. Now, I know this as a teacher that we are constantly being pushed. We are constantly being told that we need to, um, it's called differentiating instruction, right? That means to basically set or make different avenues of teaching um, in order to facilitate the students that we have, And really, ideally, we should be differentiating instruction for every student, meaning that every student kind of gets an individual, not an individual lesson in the sense of like, I teach a lesson to each one of them individually, but an individual thought process behind what I'm teaching. And then I kind of cater to what they're learning. But that's not possible with 30 kids. It just isn't. I just can't do it as a teacher. I'm not possible. You know, it's not possible. But if I'm homeschooling my own kids, I can do that. And so, and it's great, especially for students who struggle in any way, shape or form with learning, um, even if they don't struggle with learning, if they just struggle with um, like attention or caring what's going on. I know that my brother who dropped out of high school, which I think I mentioned in a previous podcast as well, um, his biggest problem wasn't that he wasn't smart enough, wasn't that he had a learning disability. It was the fact that most of his teachers either wouldn't or couldn't answer the question of, how and when am I ever going to use this in real life? They couldn't make it relevant to him. And with homeschool, we could have just completely shifted that around and said, what do you find relevant? And then built curriculum around that or built an education around that. Um, they typically, parents typically want their kids to accomplish more academically than they would in schools, which is really easy to do in homeschooling because you're not weighted down with all the wasted time. Um, that you typically have in a school day—the ramping up, the ramping down, the passing periods, the lunch periods, the dealing with kids who are, you know, throwing things across, across the classroom or engaging in conversation when they shouldn't, playing on their phones—you name it. Um, they typically use approaches um, that are other than the types that you would see in a regular school. There's a lot less direct instruction, like uh, you know, someone lecturing at the front, um, and that's that's actually a really good thing because. You can learn that way, but it doesn't engage as much as other forms of edu- like other forms of teaching would. Um, it also, generally, people are looking to enhance the family relationship between the children and the parents and the siblings, because they're doing more things together. Instead of li- living separate lives for eight hours a day, they're living together for that time period. And maybe they're living, you know, like they still have their things they do, you know, they... One does martial arts, one does soccer, one does dance, one does, you know, music, whatever it is, but it's life is generally lived together, experiences are generally had together. It's not one kid's getting picked on, you know, during first recess and his brother is, you know, you know, the life of the party during second recess and it just goes on and on from there. And so it actually builds the relationship um, and allows them to share experiences and, and bonds the family closer together, which is increasingly difficult to do in a society that is Dragging us apart. Like, for example, when I was a kid, there was one TV. We had one TV and we had to fight over who got to watch what. Now, my home has multiple screens. We don't have multiple TVs, but we have multiple screens with devices, and my kids could all be watching something different. And so they don't have that shared experience to draw on, um, which actually can be detrimental, I think, in the long run, especially when it comes to identity and family values and all sorts of other things. Another motivation is it provides guided and reasoned social interactions, so there's more between you know between kids and between adults. so you have more you have more say as a parent over who your kid spends time with um, and what kind of relationships they have. Uh, I know that as a teacher I, there are, in a regular classroom there are very few parents that I ever meet. Um, or have any contact with outside of back-to-school night or if their kid's in trouble. And meanwhile, I know every adult my daughter open, like is in relationship with in any way, shape, or form, because being homeschooled, I just have more, you know, like I put her in different situations. And although I may not know all of her friends' names, um, I know where all of her friends are from, and I know how to get to them and their parents pretty much at any given time, because the environment is more controlled. And that's not like a fear-based thing. It's just we all know the kind of influence that kids can have on other kids. And when they're outside of your house for seven, eight hours a day, um, the influence can can be really negative at times, especially if um, that has become the norm in that particular school or you know, you have a teacher that's particularly harsh or whatever it is. Um, it provides a generally safer environment for kids in general, not just safe from like uh, violence or drugs, alcohol, you know, various other things. It provides a safer environment a sense that um, you're really telling your kid that you care about them because you're not shipping them off to someone else. You're not outsourcing Um, kind of a key part of what it means to be a parent, which is to teach. You're saying, no, 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 I want you here with me, and I'm willing to take the time and make the effort to invest in you because I care about you. So it's emotionally safe um, at home, hopefully, anyways. Uh, And it also allows you to to teach a specific or particular set of values, beliefs, worldviews. I know that's one of the reasons that we homeschooled. Um, Part of it was just I did, I I'm still not convinced that if I put my kid in the public school, like my kindergartner is going in, that he would learn to read Um, because I just don't trust our schools that much. Like I see my younger siblings who are still going through the system and I'm generally appalled that they can get through high school, even going through local charter schools that are like college prep charter schools and come out that ignorant um, of some basic things. And so uh, academic performance Moving on to that. So home-educated home students typically score 15 to 30 percentile points above public school students on standardized academic achievement tests, right? So, I mean, think about that. 15 to 30 points, percentile points, meaning that if, if your kid was in a public school and they scored a 50, which means that they scored better than 50 people, 49 other people, if they had been homeschooled, there's a decent chance they'd score in the, the 65th percentile, anywhere between the 65th percentile and the 80th percentile, meaning that they are better than 80% of students. Like That's a huge jump. Um, and, then, and then in 2015, he notes here that a study, a study found that black homeschool students were scoring 23 to 42 percentile points above black public school students. Now, I mean, just think about that, especially when the context of well, there's a disparity, certain groups of people are being undereducated or not educated at all because the system is rigged or whatever. This is saying, well, one of the solutions is to put the power to educate back in the parents' hands because now I'm not outsourcing my kid. I'm not telling you, well, you go over there and learn something. And if I'm lucky when I talk to you later today and say, oh, how was school today? You say anything more than, oh, it was good or my teacher's mean or they hate me. Right now, there's, a, there's an actual like, no, I'm engaged in you and I can, I can speak into that and I can work with you on those things that you struggle with rather than waiting for a teacher to either post something up in the grade book or send a letter home or an email. And like I've said in other podcasts, oftentimes those things just get lost simply because teachers don't have time. If your kid's in the middle of the pack and they're not causing problems and they're not failing, I don't have time because I got too many other kids who are causing problems or failing. Um, homeschool students score above average on achievement tests, regardless of their parents level of formal education or their family's household income. So it's not like rich kids necessarily do better than poor kids. In fact, like, for example, um, I grew up poor. I mean, not like dirt poor, but, but like government aid poor. Um, and yet I have been told by people or kind of Questioned accusatively by people um, assuming things about me because of my education level now, and assuming that i had was given things that I was never given or had access to things that I never had access to, but it wasn 't because you know my parents had lots of money or because I got private tutors or because um, or anything like that, there was nothing that was economical about it or nothing that was um, because my parents were educated, like I said, my, you know, in a previous podcast, uh, my mother did a couple of college classes and my dad got an AA when I was like 12, 11, 12, somewhere in there, 10 to 12, and in criminal justice, which he never used. And what allowed me to excel in school was the fact that my parents cared. That was really the, the defining factor. My parents cared. They didn't say you have to get A's. They didn't push me to get A's. They just said D's are not acceptable. That was it. That's the entirety of it. And so, and then I went to public schools. Like I always went to public schools. But then when my public school was kind of slipping, my mom said, well, maybe I can get you into an interdistrict transfer. So I transferred to another school in fifth grade, which was just a smaller school, but still a public school. And so, I mean, think about that. I mean, like, That was really the major difference for me and my younger siblings. Some of them didn't have such a smooth transition because we moved a couple of times in that process. Um, But just caring enough to say I'm willing to go to bat for you um, really does make a huge difference academically for your student. And if homeschool students, regardless of race, regardless of economic background, score better simply because their parents are homeschooling them, that needs to be you know, applauded for those parents who are saying, yeah, I may not have gotten that far, but I care enough to make sure that my kids get as far as they can or want to go. Um, whether a homeschool parents were ever certified teachers or not related to their children's academic achievement. So basically what that's saying is um, academic achievement is not dependent upon whether or not you have the education as a teacher. I have certain resources that I have because I've been through the process of becoming a teacher. But that is not to say that my kid is necessarily going to have higher academic achievements simply because of that. So don't feel like, well, I don't have the skills. That's what I'm here for, hopefully. Like that's, that's why I'm building, I'm building, right? To help you, to support you because you teach your kids because you know your kids. You love your kids. You're the one that's the point person for their education. And you're the one that's going to teach them what they need to know. I'm just here to support you. Um, Another reason or academic performance, degrees of state control and regulation of homeschooling is not related to academic achievement, meaning that all the state standards that are given do not increase achievement. Hear me again. All the standards that are handed down do not increase achievement. You can set the bar wherever you want. The state can. It does not change achievement. Right? And, and and we know this. That's why California has slowly been lowering the bar for as long as I can remember. It is why my younger siblings, I think, are severely undereducated compared to even what my middle siblings were. Simply because you can set the bar wherever you want, but unless you're going to enforce it and really say... I'm sorry, you don't cut it. You're not graduating. I'm willing to let them walk out the door and not graduate. It's not going to change anything. And that's how the system is run right now. So you can set the bar wherever you want. Common Core can do what it wants. It can say what it wants. But ultimately, it has an increased achievement. Um, Home-educated students typically score above average on the SAT and the ACT tests, which are your college entrance admissions tests, right? Um, And then homeschool students are increasingly... Um, being actively recruited by colleges. Because of that increased academic performance, because of the stuff I talked about in a previous episode, about how homeschool students are typically more aware of themselves, more aware of what it takes because they have more practice, um, more practice managing their time, more practicing understanding how to take what's given and turn it into an actual piece of work, right? Whether it's directions or something like that, because there's no one to ask, or there's fewer people to ask questions of and to compare against when you're a homeschooler. It's not like when your mom says, oh, I want you to write an essay on Abraham Lincoln. There's 50 other kids who have to write the same essay that you have to like, you can go like ask questions of. Instead, you have to do all the research. So they're more self-guided. They're more self-sufficient. They're more able to engage and manage their time well. And so for a college's perspective. A bunch of freshmen fail every year because they go from a public school where their life is dictated to them, right? You get up, you go to class in the morning, you're there all day, you do your homework, you're coming and the teacher's gonna bug you, right? You were supposed to turn that in yesterday, a week ago, two weeks ago. If you turn it in now, I can give you partial credit, right? To a professor who may never learn your name, you probably see twice a week, if that Um who has limited office hours, who, you know, doesn't care not to mention all the social aspects of parents aren't around. I can do what I want. You know, homeschool kids already have a taste of that. And so they already understand that. And so it's no surprise to me that colleges are recruiting them. Their scores are higher. They're better students, which is why their scores are higher. And so um, just keep all those things in the back of your mind. I'm going to uh, pause. Uh, I'll come back in the next episode and talk about the the social and emotional and psychological development factors as well as gender differences in, in children and youth, respectively. Um, and then success in the real world and adulthood and those statistics and talk more about those as well. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, please go like, subscribe. I think we're, we've, I discovered today that we're on iTunes, which I was unaware of at the time, um, finally, which is great. So go check us out there. You know, Hit the stars, subscribe, um, leave a review if you would like. And um, that'd be very important, you know, really helpful to me, but please, the stars would be great. And then uh, also we have a Instagram and I actually posted for the first time ever on Instagram today. I figured it out. Um, I don't know that it was good, but I tried. Um, so we're hopefully going to get better at that. Uh, and that is uh, homeschooled podcast. So go check us out there. And I hope to see you again on the next episode. Have a great day.